Jack guy, Jack guy, two wacky goofballs talking about stuff. Fat guy, Jack guy, two wacky goofballs talking about stuff. Two biological brothers talking about stuff. Fuck you. <laughs> That's a great. Great. All right. Should we get cranking? <laughs> you got to say welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this is right. All right. All right. Ready? Welcome to Fat Guy Jacked Guy, where every episode is a golden eye party in the sixth grade. <laughs> you wish. I do wish. Those are the best parties in the world. <laughs> I'm Brendan Walsh. And I'm Steph Rubino. I'm going to be... Talking about James Bond today, hence the GoldenEye theme. So James Bond kind of has a grip on our culture that I don't, I didn't really understand prior to this episode. He's still, it seems like he's losing his grip a little bit, but people are still talking about who's going to play the next James Bond, you know, because he just, I guess the Daniel Craig James Bond just died in this past movie. Wait, so James Bond died and then he becomes another yeah, James Bond? Yeah, and then he becomes another James Bond. I guess both James Bond and 007 are code names. Wow. Right? So, and we'll talk about the name in a little bit, but they're both code names, essentially. Also, 007, throwback to a Raven episode. Oh, that's we right. We friend 007. Everything is connected. Everything is connected. Everything we do is connected. And actually, there's like a, there's a, actually more of a connection to birds. We'll get into that in a little bit. But also... I'm sorry, but like I'm not really sorry to our listeners. I'm doing another pop culture episode. You're like the natural world. It seems like, <laughs> and I'm like the unnatural world, yeah. like the unnatural world of Hollywood. Yeah, I'm terrible. all about it. I love um, it. But anyway, there's probably going to be more because obviously pop culture spawns endless curiosity. So I guess I was thinking when we were making up topics, like why James Bond came to my mind, but I wasn't really sure why because. I don't really have a lot of experience with James Bond. Honestly, the guy just kind of always gave me bad vibes, yeah. which like rightfully so, as we're going to get into in a second. And also, Americans, the the thing that's really interesting to me, besides all the information that I actually found out for this episode, but the thing that was really interesting to me when I was thinking about the topic was how Americans buy in so hard to British culture. Like, we fought this war <laughs> almost 250 years ago to get the fuck away from them. But anything that's British, we love it. We're in it. Well, it represents something fancier. Yes, fancier. Like, we yeah, really we're do the scumbags. Yeah, we're the absolute we're scumbags, the scumbags of, the earth, of the earth. Which we are. Which we are, yes, we are. But we're the scumbags. And I just think it's so funny. Not that I'm a patriot or anything, as you know. Like, I don't give a shit Certainly about not. American culture or this country. But, <laughs> but... I just think it's very interesting. Again, like I said, it's just a weird thing to consider because we did fight to get away as far away from them as possible. And I just think that that's such a strange thing. Yeah. Well, it represents, I think, also a history element. Yeah. When you go to the UK or any other place in Europe, you are like, oh, this is a place with real history. <laughs> like, we don't regard yeah. our own history yeah. or the indigenous history here as history. Right. It's like this place, because they yeah. had, like, a castle or whatever. Yes. So there's and that, And it's, like, too. crumbling. The castle's, yeah. like, crumbling. And they talk like us, but different. <laughs> and that's fun, too. <laughs> hey, they talk like us, but different. <laughs> yeah. That's so much fun. It's really exciting. Which, actually, it's very grating to me, but that's fine. That's, like, one of the only accents I don't like. <laughs> that's neither here nor there, though, I guess. <laughs> Again, the comments, they yeah, hate British they people. They hate British people. Whatever, what we're white racism. too. <laughs> Gives a shit. Also, I didn't, I have a lot of friends who, who grew up with James Bond in their lives. I did not grow up with James Bond in my life. My dad, I guess, you know, the, the in for James Bond is your dad. Right? Yes, dads I'm, love I'm assuming, James Bond. I'm assuming dads love James definitely. Bond. Definitely. My dad did not, he didn't really watch spy stuff and he definitely didn't care about British shit. Like, that was not his. That's totally that outside, of out, outside of the days. That's yeah. like all the way outside of the days. The only copaganda, the, the type of copaganda that my dad liked was very specific. It was the kind where the cop is, first of all, it's like really gritty. It has to be really gritty. The cop also has to be in a position where they're trying to do something quote unquote good or they're trying to stand up 
against some department corruption or something like that. Cop. Yeah, the road cop. Yeah, oh, here we go again with this fucking cop. <laughs> they know we're really in school now. <laughs> Verified. Yeah, bitch, we're in school. <laughs> it's real, um, folks. It's real. And he also really loved, he just really loved Tombstone. He still loves Tombstone. So if we were going to watch anything that was around those themes of somebody solving something, a crime, or somebody doing something heroic, we were, it was like Steven Seagal and Denzel Washington <laughs> movies. And then sometimes, sometimes if he was feeling kid friendly, we would watch like Turner and Hooch or Kindergarten Cop. Sure. Which is actually like quite dark. Kindergarten Cop is dark it's as hell. It's so dark and like no children should be watching it. There's like aside a from dead the body in that movie. Aside from the propaganda aspect, nobody should be, no kids should be watching Kindergarten Cop because it's just very dark. And then of course, Golden Eye came out, as you pointed out, on N64. And we were all obsessed with it, though we didn't know, have, I didn't have any context for why or what was happening. In the game, like in the game, it explains it a little bit. You know you're a spy, but you don't know the James Bond, the bigger James Bond mythology. Yeah, I think that's what sent a lot of us in that very specific time period into learning about James yes. Bond. I remember having these opinions that were not formed by anything <laughs> other than basic research yeah. that you could do on the basic internet of that time. Yeah. I remember having an opinion about who was the best James Bond, having seen no James Bond except for Pierce Brosnan. Like, well, Sean Connery's pretty good, but Roger Moore is like the ultimate James Bond. It's like, I did not see any of those movies because they were too boring. Also, there's fucking 27 of them. That's a there's lot. There's 27 James Bond movies. Ian Fleming didn't even write that many James Bond novels. He only wrote 14. And then other writers also wrote more. They took over the Bond character, but he only wrote 14 James Bond novels. So there's 27 James Bond movies. That's it's too just, many of them. It's just too many of both. Like you don't need any. You don't need any of that. And That's I'm two bakers dozens. I'm gonna talk about why. You kind of already answered this question. I was gonna ask you what was your like James Bond related media experience. Yeah, I think that that was pretty much it. Do you remember there was a time where you would download specific audio clips like from Kazaa? Yeah, yeah. And one of those audio clips was Sean Connery saying. Or one of them saying, my name is Bond. And I just remember playing that all the time. Be like, that guy is dope. What a cool way to talk. But that was pretty British. much, yeah, British. But he was like so confident or whatever. Yeah. And of course, then you start thinking about at that time period, what's your relationship with masculinity? James Bond is this guy who right. he fucks a lot and he kills right. a lot. And right. that's what that. yes, you want. Right. right. Yeah, that's understandable. I... Just before I like jump into this even further, I want to just make something very clear to the listeners. I am not a James Bond expert. I have done a lot of research. <laughs> One thing I did not do, though, is go and watch all 27 of these movies. Thank God. And I certainly did not read all 14 of the, of the novels. So everybody who's listening, please just like... Have a fucking good time and shut the fuck up. Okay, we're not, we're not here, here to, to be James Bond. James Bond, Bond theories. <laughs> we don't give a shit. Okay. Not interesting. I don't give a shit. So, <laughs> one of the things, obviously, first, uh, one of my first questions going into this research was, what is James Bond's job? Yes. Because I don't fully understand what James, I didn't fully understand what James Bond's job was. Like, what is a spy? What is a spy? Because okay. apparently you get to get the fuck everybody. But actually, he's not everybody? even a fucking spy. Okay. Okay. So, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, in our minds, he's a spy. But actually, his real title is intelligence officer, and I did Google it. Okay. <laughs> and it says it, that he is an intelligence officer. And so, I, he's a spy. He's not a spy. He's an intelligence officer. Whatever the fuck that means. Okay? It doesn't... We don't have any clear definition... We have a, I, I looked up what an intelligence officer does and they do very, they have a lot of functions, but none of the functions say just a spy. <laughs> so, so, Is one so, of them licensed to kill well, as an intelligence that's officer? that's the thing. No, technically no, but we're going to get into that um, when we talk about the origins of James Bond, because they're, to me, I found some very important information regarding his origins that probably a lot of people don't know. So yeah, he's a fictional intelligence officer in the British Secret Service commonly known as the MI6. Yep. And you're probably wondering what they do. So I'm just going to give you the definition from friend of the pod, Wikipedia. That says, <laughs> Definitely. That says uh, the MI6 are tasked mainly with the covert overseas collection and analysis of human intelligence in support of the UK's national security. 
So they fucking suck. Yep. And um, in my opinion, James Bond also sucks for a laundry list of reasons. That is just the the least of those reasons. Um, I think most people know about the Bond gadgets, cars, the women. We know James Bond fucks. <laughs> is the gadgets the women? <laughs> the gadgets are the women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the gadgets, the cars, the women, the fucking martini. People are like yeah. into the martini yes. situation. Yes. And I guess those deserve some attention. I think that thinking about his lavish lifestyle, the lifestyle that he lived or the lifestyle that was portrayed is funny because I looked this I also looked this up. If he was working in the MI6 today at his level of command, he'd be making a little less than 80k US. US. That's just a Which as somebody who makes less than 80k yeah. US, I could I could tell it's a decent you cannot, living. Yeah, it's a decent living. <laughs> but you cannot fucking live that lifestyle. You cannot live the James Bond lifestyle in 80K. I wonder if he's like monetizing other things. Rent. He's like an influencer as well or something. <laughs> in, today's, in today's yes, society, yeah, he's today's also society. an Instagram influencer. Yeah. He, so of course, Ian Fleming, who's also... Ian Fleming is the person who created James Bond, the author of the James Bond novels. He was, he was born into a rich family. But he also went into the... He gave James Bond kind of like similar backstory as himself. He was from Rich Manley, but he still went into the Royal Navy. Um, and he still kind of did some... He did some like government jobs after that. So James Bond also is independently wealthy before he decides to go into uh, the MI6. He covered it up, right? He covered okay. it up. He figured out a way. So James Bond is also independently wealthy, aside from working for the MI6. And, but we're not going to really talk about that because I don't really give a shit. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> what's interesting are James Bond's origins. So like I said, he's an invention of the writer Ian Fleming. Almost everything that he wrote was about Bond. Interestingly enough, though, he also wrote the children's book, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which Dang. became the f- feature film, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, that's cute. So very cute. He says, he says that he based Bond's character on spies that he met while he was in the Royal Navy. And bringing it back to birds, which I know you love, the real person named James Bond, who Fleming stole the name from, was an ornithologist. Oh. So that was just a little treat for you. A little connection treat. You're welcome. Ian Fleming wanted Bond to be a completely neutral character. What does that even mean? So this is a quote I found from Fleming. Yeah, what does it mean? I mean, I guess this is what he wants. He said, I wanted the simplest, dullest, plainest sounding name I could find. James Bond was much better than something more interesting. First of all, he's just fucking making fun of the real James yeah, Bond. Yeah, like ornithologist. <laughs> he was just like, trying to, my name isn't boring. He was just trying to study his fucking birds. And Ian Fleming's like, your name sucks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Worst name. Worst name I've ever heard. <laughs> So he said he couldn't name him something like Peregrine Carruthers. <laughs> which, why would that be the example? He's like, one extreme or the other. It's like the most boring name to him. And then the most... Ex- yes, the most also, extreme name. It's sick that Ian Fleming thought Peregrine Carruthers was the most exciting yeah. name. <laughs> it's a really cool name. Yeah, cool. <laughs> you can tell. You can, you can get an idea of who Ian Fleming yeah. was. Yeah. Um, he said exotic things would happen to and around him, but he would be a neutral figure. An anonymous, blunt instrument wielded by a government department. Wow. That changes things. That changes a lot of things. And also, I guess we'll talk about this, but the idea of neutrality... In the government? For a government agent... Yeah, is fucked up. ...sent overseas? <laughs> yes. It's there's so nothing neutral up. about no, that. No, there's not. <laughs> also, James Bond is not neutral. That no. We're going to get into in a second. He also had in his mind that he would look like Hoagie Carmichael. And I'm looking at a picture right now. You have a man... <laughs> Slick back hair, kind of, I guess, normal white guy look. Maybe handsome. I can't really tell. Yeah, I can't really tell if he's handsome or not, but I also have have trouble with pictures from this time period in general. Because everyone... Can't tell if people are hot or not. (laughs) Hot or not. (laughs) 1950s yearbook photos. This is not even the 50s. This is like the 30s. That's old. Um, So I can't tell. But uh, his his intention... Was for him to be good looking, but also not too good looking. Just a regular guy doing wild shit. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Um, which, if you look at Ian Fleming, it makes sense. He was just a regular, regular ass dude. So, okay. not a lot going on in the face. He was just a regular <laughs> white guy. 
He's <laughs> a regular white guy. <laughs> Supposedly, Fleming gave James Bond a lot of his own traits. So he gave Bond his golf handicap, his personal golf handicap, his preference for scrambled eggs, which I guess that's like a weird thing in British culture. They don't like scrambled eggs. I don't really know. I didn't research this, but it seems like a weird thing to point out. That he likes his eggs scrambled. It's also an interesting just to have that as James Bond's character. Yeah. I didn't know. I guess that's part of the martini thing that's as well. Part, yeah, yeah. It's in the film, I guess. Eggs scrambled not over easy or yeah. something. Yeah, he probably says exactly that. There's a tagline. Yeah. There. There's a tagline. Yeah. Really um, cool. And he also, you know, gave him his penchant for gambling. James Bond is a, apparently a big gambler, which is something I also didn't know going into he loves ga- he loves. The they must have changed so much before Goldeneye, because it doesn't seem like these were parts of the... Unless I wasn't paying attention. Which when was the last possible. time you watched How many years ago was this? The Goldeneye? A million years like ago. 97? Probably somewhere in the so late So you don't 90s. remember shit. Come I remember on, let's shit. be honest. <laughs> on a sixth grader level, this is not true. This is not accurate. Let's be honest. You don't remember <laughs> shit. Um, it seems to me... There's no documentation of whether or not Ian Fleming was also getting asked like James Bond, but I feel as if he wrote that in as the fantasy. So I don't think That's he was definitely. getting asked like that. Oh, no. Nobody, nobody was. <laughs> it's impossible. It is impossible. But you never know. Actually, somebody was getting asked like that. I'm going to talk to you oh, about him in nice. a second. Let's go. So, weird origins of James Bond. Supposedly... Ian Fleming said until like the end of his life that supposedly James Bond is all is uh, is one personality that symbolizes all of these personalities that he met when he was in the Royal Navy and when he was doing the government jobs that he did. However, <laughs> new scholarship about James Bond shows that there is a there is a very intense and significant connection between Ian Fleming and this Dominican diplomat named Porfirio Ruby Rosa, which, okay. great name. Great name. That's great a cooler name, name than James see, that's Bond. See, and it's, that's a fucking cooler name than Peregrine, Peregrine <laughs> Carruthers. <laughs> so, Porfirio Ruby Rosa, people knew, knew him as Ruby. He came from a rich-ish family in the Dominican Republic. Uh, in the early 30s, he met the newly elected president of the country, the, who became the dictator, Rafael Trujillo, mm-hmm. one of the worst far-right yeah. dictators He's ever in guy. history. Bad guy. Yeah. Killed thousands and thousands of Haitians. Terrible human being. Soon after they met, they actually met at a country club because that's what, you know, that's what rich people did. They went to the country club. And that's what fucking Ruby did all the time. Mm-hmm. He, became his, he became Trujillo's head of security... Then, he married Trujillo's oldest daughter. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. He's really getting deep in the fam mm-hmm. here. Yeah. This is the grift. This is the grift. This is actually... Marry a dictator's Ruby, daughter. Ruby Rosa <laughs> was grifting. Um, so, he married his oldest daughter and then soon after became a Dominican diplomat. He was appointed as a diplomat to go overseas and do whatever diplomats do. So, he was flying all over the place with diplomatic immunity. Total diplomatic immunity. Right, with the money, the lavish lifestyle he lived, all that stuff, it didn't take long for the international tabloids to notice this guy. And eventually, sorry, he did get divorced from Trujillo's daughter, but Trujillo still loved him like a son, so he just kept him under the wing. Of, because women weren't that <laughs> of his dictatorship. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's just his daughter. Just his Who cares? Daughter. Who gives this is shit? my guy. You're just a fucking woman. <laughs> this is my back boy. To, back to Irish shit. Yeah, you're just a fucking woman. A fucking I don't woman. give a shit. I'm hanging out with my yeah. boy. I got this guy. The international tabloids dubbed him the the Casanova of the Caribbean. Oh, so was he hot? Did you see any pics he, of him? Yes, he was a very attractive man. Okay, I will say. But again, I don't know for sure yeah. because we got pics. Because he had slick back hair. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It could be. Um, he sounds hotter. Yes, he he definitely was. Uh, and like James Bond, this guy, he fucking fucked. He fucking okay, fucked. he fucking fucked. He really fucked. <laughs> throughout his time as a diplomat, <laughs> throughout his time as a diplomat. <laughs> He was linked to Zsa Zsa Gabor, okay. Ava Gardner, Marilyn Monroe, 
Judy Gar- Garland. Oh, that's... And Ava Perone. Wow. Yeah, Ava Perone, the first lady of Argentina. Yeah. Ava Perone. He, um... He fucked Ava Perone. <laughs> there's gotta be, like... <laughs> there's, like, something about being that kind of guy where you get to fuck everybody. You just get to fuck everybody. Like, he wasn't a billionaire. He wasn't a movie star. Yeah. He was, like, in that liminal space where you're, like, famous but not super famous. You're surrounded by famous people. But you're surrounded by famous people. Yeah. And you're not... There's You're not a threat... I don't know what it is. What are you it's doing? It's very strange. But you can just fuck when you're that guy. It's very strange. And he fucked a lot. And he also got married five times. Wow. I don't even know why he got married. Why'd you get married? It makes no sense. You probably have a bunch just of kids fucking. anyway. Just keep fucking. <laughs> you don't need to get married. You don't. You don't. But he did. I don't know why. And then legend has it, of course, you're, spe- you're asking about the license to kill. Legend has it that Trujillo gave... Ruby a license to kill. So he was like also fucking people up for Drujillo. He would just fly to all these international places and take care of his enemies, supposedly. Okay. Again, this is not something that I went and verified to see how many people were killed by Ruby. Yeah. I also don't think that that information would be available to me, just a regular person. (laughs) So, 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 (laughs) you know, I didn't go check, but supposedly he was killing Drujillo's enemies internationally. And then, here's where the plot gets thick. Because Ruby was running around with all these famous people all the time and talking to famous people all the time, he and Ian Fleming ran in the same circles, the exact same circles, because Fleming's wife was this British socialite. They had a lot of money between them. So they were always with famous people. So him and Ruby were actually homies. That doesn't say for sure if they were close friends or if they hung out a lot, or whatever. But they were definitely going to the same engagements. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. It's very interesting. And Fleming, which maybe you maybe you know, maybe you don't know, I don't know, because you've watched, you've watched Bourdain, too, and Bourdain has talked about this on his show. Fleming famously loved the Caribbean. He had a huge compound in Jamaica, and he lived there for most of the time in the year. So he was doing the same thing essentially as Ruby, like going back and forth between Europe and the Caribbean. And so they were always running, again, they were always running into each other just because of the people that they knew and the engagements that they were involved in. And I assume also because of their interests, which again, Fleming's a huge gambler. He likes to go to the car races. He's interested in in things like cars and fancy like other fancy products, I don't yeah. even know. Fancy gadgets. Fancy gadgets and things. Ruby Rosa was also a big polo player, so I have to assume that they probably ran into each other at the track as well. The old polo they rounds. Old polo loves sure. playing polo. Um, and if Fleming was betting, then they were he you know they were both in the same places a lot. So he doesn't. Fleming never said that. James Bond was based on Ruby at all. He never said that, and there's some speculation as to why that might be. I guess the scholarship that is very nice or is trying to paint a particular picture about who Ian Fleming was says that he never said that James Bond was based on Ruby because of racism, <laughs> because Ruby is Dominican. Yeah. And he was afraid that white people in America and white people in Great Britain would be like, well, James Bond's actually fucked because he's he's based on this Dominican guy. Yeah. But... Let's, like, look at the facts of Ian Fleming's life. He's a rich, white, British man (laughs) who was in the Royal Navy, who's in the government. He owned this huge compound in Jamaica that had servants all over it. Mm -hmm. I just don't think he gave a shit about racism at all. Sure. Yeah, no, the idea that he was being proactive about, like... I don't think he cared. Yeah. He, He definitely... To me, this is not striking me as a person... Who cares about racism? I think personally, he want he didn't want people to know that James Bond was based on someone that American and British people would deem unacceptable in terms of the kind of work that he did. Hmm. Because if you think about American and British geopolitics, which we're going to get into more in a second, if you think about American and British geopolitics, there's always we're always connected to the bad guys, but. We're never outwardly supportive of them. So, again, there was some support in the American government for Rafael Trujillo. Yes. Of course, right? 
and we aided him in some ways. However, we can't actually be linked to Rafael Trujillo, mm-hmm. right? We can't publicly be linked to Rafael Trujillo because that looks bad for us because we're democracy and freedom and to back an authoritarian government is just against everything. Yes. <laughs> everything despite that we say we that are. Despite the fact that all, that's all, the all do. That's yeah. all they do. Yeah. Right? That's all they fucking do. So I think and very intelligently, Fleming fielded questions about who James Bond was based on because he didn't want people to know that he was based on this very terrible guy. I, I'm assuming he's terrible. Yeah, I'm going to guess he was. I'm assuming he was horrible. Yeah. I'm assuming that he killed people. And also, I mean, he was just fucking all the time, which is great for him. But I assume some women also got caught in the crossfire of the killing. Sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't assume that he was doing good things. So... I think, yeah, I think Ian Fleming wanted to, yeah, I don't know why people want to go back and, you know. And be like, oh, Ian Fleming didn't he want to. He cared about yeah. race. He didn't want the to do. The world wouldn't accept a brown man. Want, he didn't want America yeah. and British, American Great Britain to do a racism. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was it. So, one of the things that really intrigued me in regards to James Bond when I was doing this research aside from his origins, is the fact that James Bond also is severely anti-communist. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, which of totally course makes sense. Yeah. Which totally makes sense. When you think about it, but I had never thought about it prior to doing this research. No, I don't think about really, it at all, ever. Except that, man, that guy seems like he sucks. I mean, James Bond's no Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible, okay? No. I seems all right. Yeah, Ethan Hunt's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not supportive of being part of the government, but, like, Ethan Hunt seems a lot cooler. So, yeah, it's severely anti-communist. And Ian Fleming was very anti-communist. Of course. Yeah, of I course. I mean, that's what that's it was. That's what his whole job was, yeah. yeah. And James Bond becomes an important tool in the Cold War because, essentially, the Cold War begins in roughly 1947. Right, right after World War II. And then the first James Bond novel is published in 1953. So the Cold War had been raging on at that point as Ian Fleming is writing the first James Bond novel. So the connection is there. And obviously there is this really weird alliance in the Cold War between the U.S. and Great Britain. We don't have to go into all of that. We don't have to go into all of that. But obviously the Cold War is about not letting the Soviets take over. Yeah, anything that James Bond Eastern would be yeah. doing is right. about anti- They're it's not about thinking anti- yeah. all that it was. That's all that it was. They were just thinking about stopping communism. Yeah, stopping workers. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> essentially. They were thinking about stopping yeah. us, right? So, <laughs> um, so I'm not going to give a few, like, we don't have time for us to go. This podcast is not the place to go for a comprehensive history on communism in Eastern Europe. <laughs> really? That's crazy. <laughs> I know, it's wild. It's surprising. We just don't have the time, folks. <laughs> however, um, however, again, most of the spy-level activity that was happening from the U.S. and from the U.K. was to stop communism. So it totally, there's, you know, it totally makes sense that there was that connection there. And Fleming, like... I said he was an he was an anti-communist. He fucking hated communism. He That was a personality back then. That was a personality back then. Yes. He hated everything about communism. So just his personal views plus all of the plots of the novels that he wrote and so he made sure so one distinction between the the books and the movies that I found out is that the books are much more outwardly anti-communist the movies are a little bit less so and i'm not really sure i couldn't find a good explanation for the reason i guess because movies when you're propagandizing in film it's a lot easier if you just show an image for people to get the idea for people to like you know yeah you got like a goofy russian guy who's an in writing i guess it's a little more difficult to do that propagandizing without outwardly saying it in some way so i think that that's where I think that that's where the distinction is, but I'm not really sure. In the uh, in regards to the films, the novelist and fellow spy, 
John Le Carré. I didn't know there was yeah. a... Oh, okay. He was a spy. Yeah, he was apparently yeah. a spy. Um, he really criticized Bond, and he especially criticized the Bond adaptation, the film adaptations, because he said that they were promoting nothing more than consumerism. Wow, really? Which actually, like, I th- that's just saying they work. Yeah. You know? That's just saying exactly they work. Exactly what they're that doing. Is, that has more... In my opinion, showcasing Bond doing something like beating up a bunch of guys with hammer and sickle t-shirts yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is not as it's not going to be as successful as showing him using these gadgets that were brought about. The gadgets are possible because of capitalism, right? They're possible because capitalist societies, quote unquote, move forward. Yep. We progress. We're constantly progressing. And so it's. In regards, and then he they would show him go to these communist countries, you know, in the USSR, in Eastern Europe, because he's all over the place. In the movies and in the books, he's in Russia, Eastern Europe, China, Japan, the Caribbean, including Cuba. And in fact, I think in the new one, he's even in Cuba, mm-hmm. Iran, and the countries of North Africa. He's all over the place in places where we would we would consider those societies less progressive than our own. Sure. And so would Great Britain. Yeah. Right? I mean, obviously to show him, of course, with the gadgets, the gadgets represent, you know, capitalist productivity, but also the lifestyle represents capitalist productivity and indulgence in a way that is so appealing that you don't have to say hammer and sickle t-shirt guys getting beat up. You're just like, whoa, Bond (laughs) is drinking martinis, wearing a tuxedo, (laughs) fucking driving a sports car. That's dope. These Russian guys suck. Yeah. They can't even beat the guy in a fight, and they're miserable. Exactly. He's like, not just driving a sports car, either. He's got, like, actual... In- <laughs> Back to inventions. <laughs> he's got inventions. <laughs> he's, got, he's got his own fucking Artemis Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He's got his own Artemis Gordon making things like exploding lighters and, you know, bombs that can be hidden in the sole of your shoe. You know? Things that... And they're flashy. It's all flashy because it's a movie. So mm-hmm. you have to play it up as much as possible, you know? So all of those things are just representative of the quote-unquote progress we can make because we're not this backwards communist society, quote-unquote, that doesn't value progress. Yeah. So it's, it's just very, it's very interesting to me. And sad, too, because I, now I really fucking hate James Bond. More than I did going into this. Yeah. I mean, all that he represents is like the tools of of the you know, capitalism and colonialism. Yes. Um, being yeah, he represents used. an imperial nostalgia. Yeah. Right. Nice. Like the idea that the British don't have, they don't have the imperial strongholds that they have anymore at this point. Well, they had a couple still actually, but in 1953, but their influence is dwindling. Globally. And so, who better than for a person like James Bond to stand in and kind of reassert that dominance or that influence over all of these places that are basically opposite in values of what the UK and the United States stands for? And I'm factoring the US into this because Fleming knew he had an American. When he, before he even published this novel, he knew that we would also be interested in this. It has all of the makings of things that Americans would love. So I think he factored us into who his audience was going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's the invisible hand. Yep. So even though British uh, yep. colonial influence is waning, yep. you still have this idea that, oh, we maybe give them their independence, but our invisible hand is over everything. Like, same with American influence as it is currently absolutely, waning. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, hold on, we're going to get to that. Okay, absolutely, good. absolutely. Okay, good. <laughs> Because James Bond is still a figure. Yes. He's still an important figure, right? So one thing I just want to also, I didn't mention this earlier, but because we're speaking, because we're speaking about the Cold War, obviously JFK is an important figure in the Cold War. And you know who JFK hung out with? Ian Fleming? Yes, but also. Ruby? Yeah. Taking out with Ruby. <laughs> they're both uh, fucking they're people both together. Like rich and fucking. Yes, of course. They were, yeah, they were rich and fucking. Yes. If you guys don't Ruby think and that these billionaires are controlling the world. <laughs> BFFs. Um, so, so bringing it to JFK, because I think it's... I think it's... This... JFK's influence plus James Bond is 
interesting. That connection, that that relationship that he had with James Bond, I think that that was one of the more intriguing things that I learned in this research. So basically, his anti-communist slant was James Bond's anti-communist slant was so obvious and such like a big deal in the novels that of course JFK bought into Bond in a really really big way. He <laughs> loved Bond so much. <laughs> You're going to fucking shit when I tell you this fact. <laughs> he loved Bond so much that he invited Fleming to his house in D.C. His Not the White House. He had another house in D.C. in Georgetown uh, to hang. Just to just have to like chill. a hang. And of course that hang turned into talking about foreign affairs. Where Fleming suggested to JFK that he drop money over the entire country of Cuba with little tags that say compliments of the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> in order to finally topple and get rid of Castro. That's a perfect plan. What could go wrong? <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, Ian Fleming was a sick fuck. Yeah. So JFK did not do that, obviously. Unfortunately, However, that would have worked. I, I didn't put this in the notes, but one of the things that I was reading was that um, Dulles the person who the airport is now named after. Mr. Airport. Yeah. Mr. Airport guy. He had the government, he had our like intelligence agencies start research and development offices so that they could create gadgets like uh, the ones yeah. in James Bond. Of course. Bond. Of course. <laughs> he wanted fucking exploding cigars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you get Castro with an exploding cigar. Yeah. Dude, I mean, people, presidents are just idiots. They're so stupid. They're just people who are dumb. So goddamn stupid. This is crazy. These are the people, I just, for whoever is listening, I just want you to know, these are the people who are running our world. These are the people that are running the quote unquote free world. It's ridiculous. Awful. Uh, According to sources, JFK was interviewed in 1961 and they asked him what his favorite book was. And he said, From Russia with Love by Ian Fleming. So it is perhaps the most anti-Soviet and anti-communist book out of all of the books. It is so outwardly anti-communist, so outwardly anti-Soviet. It became bestseller the minute he said that he loved that book. Sure. And he then persuaded the studio, JFK persuaded the studio, after they produced the film version of Dr. No, which is the first... James Bond movie, he persuaded them to make From Russia With Love next. So this guy was just openly propagandizing, yeah. <laughs> saying, we need to make this movie, essentially, because we are fighting these guys right now. Your tax dollars at work. These are your tax dollars this at work, everybody. This is how it goes. So we need to make this movie, put From Russia With Love into production right now. And at the same time, again, going back, he's hanging out with Ruby Rosa. this whole fucking time it's wild that's so wild wild. that's that's how james bond controlled the government (laughs) as a fictional character this is how we bring it up yeah (laughs) ridiculous he's a fictional character that controlled the government it's absolutely ridiculous jfk and ruby were close enough that ruby tried so i just wanted to give you an idea of their relationship they were close enough that Ruby tried to convince JFK to allow Trujillo's brother to become the new dictator after Trujillo was assassinated. By us, I think. I didn't look into yeah, this, but I imagine maybe. it was by us. Yeah. <laughs> because this is what we do, yeah. right? By the United States. JFK said no, but Ruby was still felt that he could ask him this question, and he did. So I think that that's very interesting. That's... I th- One of the things that is funny... And kind of, I guess, I guess it's sad. <laughs> I guess I'm supposed to feel bad about this, but I fucking hate JFK. He did get to see the movie version of From Russia With Love, but it was a rough cut because it had just been, it had just wrapped not too long after, not too long before, sorry, he was assassinated in Dallas. Oh. So he saw it literally two days before he was assassinated. Oh, his greatest regret his was, greatest not seeing regret was not seeing the final the cut. <laughs> <laughs> the two seconds he As had. the brains were leaking out of his head, he's like, I'll never get to see James Bond in the theater. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Hope that wasn't too insensitive all the time. You know how these, you know how these, I know this is, our <laughs> podcast is becoming very divisive. <laughs> Anti-JFK. Anti-JFK. <laughs> Do you think, you know how they say when you get when you are about to die, after you've been hit or whatever from the thing? <laughs> like, let's say a gunshot. <laughs> Gun by the <laughs> thing. Let's say a gunshot. Yeah. Let's say, you, or you crash your car into a tree or something like that. You know how they say you can live like 10,000 years yeah, in that yeah. second or whatever? Do you think that JFK was just living all of the James Bond fantasies yes, that he had? Yeah, it was in him. In that second... It was him as he James Bond. He put himself Bond. as James Bond. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. I, I like that theory. Yeah. So, so it's beautiful. So it's actually a really happy ending for, for JFK. It's not sad. It wasn't like a regretful. It was him actually living for 10,000 years as James Bond. He got to, like, drive a little he car and fucking has rocket boosters on it. <laughs> he got to live his dream. Okay? Speaking of cars with rocket boosters... <laughs> You'll never guess how Ruby Rosa died. Oh, what? <laughs> he crashed his car into a tree. Of course he did. Yeah, he crashed his car. A guy like that can only go one way. He, yeah, he can only go one way, which is crashing his car. And he fucking did it. <laughs> he, he did it. So one of the things, I'm going to ask you what you, you know, learn in a, in a minute. But just something that was really interesting to me in terms of doing this research was that JFK in particular, he campaigned under this idea that the U.S. was a weak country. We had become a weak, soft... Like, he had... There's many yeah. quotes where he said this. We have become... The whole physical fitness test thing. country. Yeah. We've become a soft country. We're a weak-ass country. Yeah. And you need <laughs> me, this guy who fucks, to be your president. <laughs> That's how, like, every president runs. <laughs> Yo, I fuck. You want to make the country strong again? Get the guy who fucks. <laughs> That's I mean, me, that folks. was Trump's campaign. It really was. It really it was. It worked really well. It really was. So <laughs> I, <laughs> sorry, I just had to get that out. It's good. It's I had good. to get that out because it was just so, it was it was on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> really, just bringing it back to James Bond, what does a weak ass country need? A weak ass country needs a guy like James Bond who's gonna beat ass. Yeah. In more ways than yes, one. Yes. Okay. Beat in more Jesus. ways than he's gonna, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna beat the bad guys. And then he's gonna go yeah. home and he's gonna beat Jesus. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> In England, don't forget. Don't forget. In England, they want a guy who's going to beat ass too. Yeah, we all want to do things. And and JFK ultimately like didn't get to beat ass, but you know, whatever. So <laughs> he was more. So JFK is just moralizing everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. He, <laughs> and saying that communism was bad. And at the end of the fucking day, <laughs> at the end of the day, he's still hanging out with Rosa. Yeah, these like far right. Fascist. Yeah. Well, if you're gonna well, go Trujillo, somewhere, Trujillo wasn't like he didn't say he was fascist, but like. But fascist the thing is, like anti you can really go really not too many directions if you're anti-communist. Yes. If you're gonna hang out with somebody, you're not gonna be hanging out with Castro. You're gonna be hanging out with the guy who's just slaughtering Haitian people. Yeah, for no reason. Because at least that guy's not communist. He's a right. tough guy. Right. He's that guy, guy fucks. Trujillo yeah. fucks. Trujillo. I don't know if Trujillo fucks. No. You gotta look. I at mean, him. at the end of the day, don't tell any. Don't Ruby tell any capitalists. But <laughs> Castro fucked too, man. Yeah. Uh, well, Castro was hot. <laughs> yeah, he was Castro actually. Was so was so Stalin. Hot. So like, that's one picture from yeah. that back then that I could get on board with because Castro was fucking hot. I mean, if you take a look at it, the the not too many hot fascists, a lot of hot communists. Oh, that's all I'm saying, think folks. about it, folks. That's think all I'm about saying, that, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's very interesting, and that's exactly that's the whole political narrative. That's how it works: is you guys are weak, right? But look, there's strong people that are like of your same ilk. You could be strong too. We could all be strong. Right. We could all fuck. Right, right. And they just want they just want to make a nation full of people who are fucking. Yeah. And that's it. And that's and that whole but, narrative of us being weaklings has persisted, even though there's nothing to actually no, point to that. But that not. like America is soft has been going since I was a fucking kid. Yeah. It was still going today, when my parents right were now. kids, apparently. Yeah. So like we'll always want I guess that America's strong guy. Always soft. Yeah, well, I guess the, the idea soft. the idea is to push that narrative so that we always want the strong guy. Yep. So that we always want the guy who fucks JFK to yep. come and save the day. And ultimately, like, he didn't. We f- killed him. Yeah, we didn't. 
And we've had the, other strong guys before. The government killed him. <laughs> <laughs> it's his own freaking... Okay, I know I'm, I know yeah. I'm dabbling in conspiracy theories. That's all a conspiracy here. theory, but yes. <laughs> Let's say for a second that they did. <laughs> yeah. But he was killed ultimately because people viewed him as weak. Mm-hmm. Which is so fucking funny. Not because hard enough on uh, black people, I guess. I don't, you, know. I don't know. I don't know what we consider what people would consider weak about him. Yeah, he. It seems to me, especially in as I was looking more into James Bond, it seems to me. I mean, what I, I also know a lot about JFK just because you know, you grew up learning so much. He's part of our culture, kind yeah. of as like a cultural figure in a weird way. Hey, first Catholic president. These poor Catholics, uh, they can't catch a so break. Oppressed. Oh god. Uh, these poor we need it's more so Catholic nice. presidents. <laughs> I guess Biden. Great. Um, <laughs> you know the. I just didn't think about the. I guess as I'm as we were learning about him as a cultural figure all throughout our lives, I didn't consider this aspect of it. That masculinity played such a role. Essentially, that masculinity played such a role in just his presidency in general, because the idea that you are. That we are a weak-ass country means we're a feminized country, means we're, uh, which is, you know, obviously very stupid, but we're a feminized country, we're soft, which is the same things that are, these are the same accusations that are lobbed at women all the time, right? So this, like, masculinity aspect and just him loving James Bond, I just didn't put all of that together, you know? It makes perfect sense, though. It does, yeah, totally. And you think about that very specific time period of masculinity totally. which is essentially you have like one kind of masculinity you can it's be james bond. you could be james bond and, and jfk it. trying to be james bond yeah and ruby and ruby i mean and james bond who's trying to be ruby essentially because because ruby was the ultimate yeah ruby was the guy but you don't so you don't show james bond doing extrajudicial killings of <laughs> right. innocent people <laughs> right you show him doing of russian yeah people. of russian people who are of not innocent because they're awful who communists are not, who they are deserve not to die they deserve to die yes yeah yeah and not just you know obviously not just russians he also killed people in these other places too but yeah you know that's exactly what you do yeah you just twist it a little bit so that no matter what there's an eternal enemy and there is. And there is. And I was just about to say, you know, I was I was going to end this by saying, essentially, you know, James Bond fucking sucks. And I would bet, having not seen the new movies, I've seen, a, I think, I've seen a couple of the Pierce Brosnan ones by happenstance. They were probably on TV or something at my grandpa's house. Um, but I would bet that the new ones are still propagandizing against something. And I would bet that that something is still communism. Because that is still the West's greatest fear, mm-hmm. is a communist overthrow of our, like, capitalist society. Sure. Well, yeah, I think there's also, there was terrorism for a while. So I'm sure there was some kind of terrorism. I would be interested to know if that's, if that happened. But I don't know if that did, though. Maybe because not. Because they are not the ultimate fear. Yeah. They're really not. We, we use them as a prop, as a thing to, so that we can go into fucking Iraq and get all the oil in Afghanistan and get all the oil we use them as a prop, but I don't think that the, that terrorism is the ultimate fear. It's just it's just helping us not see the the real goals, the real trajectory of everything that they're doing. Yeah, I guess it'd be interesting to watch and see what the enemy is or how the enemy is portrayed. I think a great one is terrorists, but they're not uh, Islamic. They're like white yeah, guys. Like white guys. It's yes. like Chechens yeah, is yeah. like a classic one. Yes, where it's like Chechens. Chechens. Or Bulgarians. Yeah. That's another another popular James Bond. Another popular James Bond villain was Bulgarians. Because they are white. They're still Eastern European, so they're automatically still, evil. They're white, but they're foreign. Yeah. So they're foreign. automatically evil. Yeah. And you can kill them and it's fine. Yes. That's okay. Because yeah, no they're bad guys. Yeah, you can't, you can't accuse us of... Of doing a racism? <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're white. Their skin is white, yeah. so, <laughs> so they're bad guys. You can't, yeah, so you cannot, you cannot accuse us of that. Yeah. So what did you learn? Oh, brother, I learned so much. <laughs> I feel like this has been... We really, have to wrap up, because yeah. we're like almost at time. Uh, it's been incredibly illuminating. I, I think most fascinating, because I would never think of it, is this political connection. Mm-hmm. The JFK... Trujillo, Ruby, Ian Fleming. The pipeline is deep. It's the pipeline, right? So 
Yes, of course James Bond represents the fight against communism and capitalist indulgences and all of these things because that's what anyone was mm -hmm. talking about then. Mm -hmm. We have just continued that tradition mm -hmm. with our current James Bond, whatever, it, even if it was Idris Elba, I don't think it fucking matters. Like, I think, <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know. That would be interesting though, to it's, see it. It's that, it's, it's still very much cultural... Uh, power that we're trying to generate. Mm -hmm. We're trying to show that we are the strongest. The West is best. West is best because we got these guys who fuck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Bottom line, martinis. we are these guys who fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we are the guys who fuck. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I learned. I'm sure I didn't put it as succinctly as possible. No, 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 that was good. That was really good. good. That was great. I think for me, my major takeaway is legitimately the only respectable thing about James Bond is that he's a fucking slut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that the only respect I have for him <laughs> I have no respect for yeah. anything about James Bond except for the fact that he's a slut. Like what if and James I, Bond was just a movie about a guy who just slept around a lot? Like yeah, it was none it. of the killing. We didn't need, to, we didn't need anything. We just, he could have just slept around. He could have just been his slutty ass self. Yeah. And that would have been fine. Ian Fleming just wanted to have this fantasy of fucking because he wasn't. Yeah. And I get it. But then he put all this other bullshit in. Yeah, I think that's a great point. What if James Bond was just a guy who lived in an apartment and he went to the bar and picked up a lady like every day? He was just charming as hell. Yeah, he was just like, hey, what's he up? He was just a bachelor, charming as hell. James Bond. Yeah. And he was, come to my studio and I apartment? Also, I guess the, the past James Bonds, I'm guessing the Daniel Craig James Bond has not done this as much as the past ones because I haven't heard much chatter about it. But the past James Bonds obviously were very misogynistic. So... It could have just been about a guy who was very respectful towards women, but just like to sleep around a lot. Yeah, and, and everyone's fun. fine. He had a lot of consensual yeah. sexual relationships <laughs> with women. But Fleming was like, no, I hate communists more than fucking. <laughs> 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 so I must put this in. Yeah, that's when you know you have a problem is when you hate communists more than you love fucking. Yeah, that's Then you that's need to disgusting. check yourself. That's, that's disgusting. disgusting. You make me How sick. How dare you? <laughs> you don't deserve to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's the next t-shirt. We got some... <laughs> Can't wait to launch our Patreon soon, folks. So <laughs> Patreon coming up, folks. <laughs> but you don't deserve to fuck t-shirt. <laughs> like, what, it even, what does it even say? <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> yeah, that's good. I guess you could have, like, an Ian Fleming picture. <laughs> Yeah, because he didn't deserve to fuck either. Yeah. Fuck no, this again. is good. I'm glad. Business meeting. <laughs> this is a business meeting. Okay, well, the bell's about to ring again. Yeah. Uh. So, um, thank you for listening to this, through my exploration of James Bond, brother. I, I enjoyed talking about it with you. I loved hearing about it. So, uh, I'm Brendan Walsh. And I'm Steph Rubino. Thank you all for listening to Fat Guy, Jack Guy. Well, what? Uh... <laughs>